You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders. Gino looks, going to lay it up over the top. Got a man out there. It is locking. He has got it. Touchdown, Seahawks. Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday. First and 10 at the Seattle 40. Play fake Stafford. Going to stop. Going to look. Gets hit. Goes down. Back in midfield. Getting to him in the backfield is Daryl Taylor. Presented by Delta, the official airline of the Seahawks. Now, here's your host, Jen Mueller. I have been antsy. I have been anxious. I have been nervous, excited, all of it. I think I can just, like, put most of that behind me, John Boyle. Yeah. And and I think I can just be excited now. Exactly. And start looking towards the future because we have a head coach. We do. It felt like the last few weeks were like months long, did it not? Or is that just me as the planner that wants to know, wants to know, wants to know? Yeah, no, I think definitely some of that is we just we all wanted to know what it was going to be. But also this was new to anybody who's you know not been around the team prior to really going back to like Mike Holmgren's hiring because Pete Carroll's hiring was so abrupt. It was like days after the season ended. So this is the first, you know, prolonged who's the coach going to be legitimate mystery to it interviewing a whole bunch of people long process so i think yeah for everybody fans people in this building there was just a desire to find out who it is well and you try to read into the process yeah right you try to read into what does it mean and what about this and you know are they just checking the boxes or what what level of interest is there actually and i know that it was nerve-wracking for a lot of folks because you see head coaches coming off the board and and you're wondering you know if maybe you waited too long now John had a plan the entire mm-hmm. time. And the thing that I kept coming back to is, boy, the amount of due diligence that is being done, when this decision gets made, you know that they have left no stone unturned in this process. But we aren't the only ones who's talking about the process. New head coach Mike McDonald talked about it, too, and thanked owner Jody Allen for her faith in it. Moving here to Seattle, uh, Jody Allen just want to thank her for trusting the process and empowering John to go through it and having the patience, you know, to uh, trust the fact that they were interested in me. You know, thank you for hanging hanging in there. Hopefully, I was wishing that we'd have to wait a couple more weeks, but um, it did happen fast. But you felt like it was a first-class operation, and uh, her investment in this city and how much she cares about this team became very obvious to me, and I was that was very appealing. You know, it's interesting. He mentioned the patience. A lot of fans, I think, early on were like, well, why aren't they talking to Mike McDonald? Why is he not one of the interviews? And just the way the process played out, John Schneider talked about this today, because the Seahawks, it took a little time that first week to make a decision on Pete Carroll and get all that taken care of. They kind of missed the deadline to submit a request for that initial Zoom interview with coaches of the teams that were in that first round by scenario. So then they couldn't interview him. They had to wait. And, you know, they John Schneider didn't flat out say it for sure, but it sure felt like they were willing to wait for Mike McDonald to at least talk to him, not necessarily 100% to give him the job, but to make a decision they wanted to talk to him because he was so high on their list all along. And then, as Schneider said, fortunately for the Seahawks, not so much so for the Ravens, they lost. Mike McDonald was available, and boom, the Seahawks pounced on it, and it it didn't take long once they got a chance to talk to him. I'm not sure the, the game was more than five seconds over. Before they tried to submit they that were, slip. Yeah, they, they, were probably, they were on it, man. J- John was on the sideline. No, just kidding. No, <laughs> Waiting no, Waiting for no. the game to No, that no, part's not true. No, no, But you talk about having that interest and having to wait to have that conversation. I was really curious about why it was worth the wait. You know what he has done from a defensive standpoint when you look at the numbers. But you have to have more than that as a head coach. And here is what they found in those conversations. What I've 
learned from preparing for all this is that Mike is a, is a learning networker, not a, not a climbing networker. And there's a huge difference there. This has happened quickly for him. But when you sit down with him and you get to meet him, you understand why. The whys of, wow, he knows that guy, he knows that guy, he knows this guy. Like, I've been in the league for 30-some years, and we know a ton of the same people. So that really stood out. And I thought it was really interesting the way John Shire talked about Mike McMahon because we all know him as, you know, the defensive guru who did all, all he did with Baltimore's defense. But obviously there's a lot more to this job than just being really good schematically on one side of the ball. And I thought it was interesting John Schneider later on talked about they didn't really even sit down and talk X's and O's. It was getting to know the guy, and as John Schneider said, the, the networking, the people he knows in the league. This is a guy that despite his youth – has been in the NFL a long time. I mean, he was an assist or a you know intern level job with the Baltimore Ravens in 2014. So he's got a decade of NFL experience. He knows people. He knows how to lead. He gets players to buy in. So even though this is going to be his first time being a head coach, he has a lot of the traits that that you look for outside of just the obvious football acumen. Did it surprise you when he said that he was going to be the one that calls plays? Not really. I mean, and I like the way he answered it of like, He's the head coach, and ultimately all, all this falls on him. And for now especially, he's going to see himself as the best person to do that job. But one thing he said is, look, as we, you know, depending on who the coordinator is, as we get comfortable together and that person gets familiar with the scheme, then, yeah, it can make a lot of sense to hand that off. But right off the bat, no one's going to know what Mike McDonald wants to do on defense more than Mike McDonald. I was I thought you were going to say nobody knows what Mike McDonald wants to do on defense because I don't think opponents from week well, to week that, knows what he wants to too. do. Yes. Which is fascinating. So I asked him in a one-on-one interview where he learned to best utilize personnel. Like who taught him that during the course of his career? And he pointed to the Harbaugh's mm-hmm. and said both of them. You know, it is about getting the most out of people and then he specifically said it was Jack Harbaugh, their dad, that taught him how to marry an offense and a defense together because that's part of this conversation, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just Mike McDonald being a defensive guru and a defensive mind. You have to have an offensive side of things that matches. And I think that is as much of a curiosity and as a talking point as anything else. And I'm not sure he gave us a whole lot, but maybe a little bit of insight on what he's thinking. Yeah, the percentage of when you run the ball and how much and all that, like that's that's all adjustable to me it's going to mirror our our football team we're going to be a physical football team um we're going to have answers we're going to try to be explosive and really do it and build it around the players that we have we're going through the process right now who's going to be you know helping design that and ultimately calling plays so um to have a specific answer for you what it's going to look like i can't do that now but that'll come into focus here uh sooner than later yeah, as McDonald says, we you know we don't until we know who's calling the plays and helping design this offense, the specifics will be hard to come by. But I really like the part about you know like we're going to have answers. This is not going to be, you know, kind of like how he talks about defense too. Is like you got to be flexible in this league. Like the way the NFL is these days, you can't just be. This is what we do. This is how we do it all the time. It's you know the best offenses and defenses these days can adjust, and that's one thing. You know, obviously the toughness is a big part of it. We hear. You know, John Schneider's talked about that forever as long as he's been here, and they want to be tough, and that doesn't have to mean run the ball 40 times, but they want to be able to win in the trenches, be tough, but then also be explosive and be flexible and do all these things. So it's going to be interesting, obviously, once we see who the coordinator is to kind of see how that pairs up. But, yeah, I, I like what we're hearing just in terms of this sounds like a guy who doesn't feel like 
things have to be rigid his way. It's more like I want to figure out what's going to work best for these players and build around that. Well, and I think you are going to see some similar principles that we have seen in Seattle in the past. I think you're probably going to see similar things to what you saw in the Ravens this year because when Mike McDonald was evaluating the personnel on the roster, kind of what he knew about Seattle, he could draw direct parallels to both teams. The first thing that really popped to me was the parallels of the of the organization that I've been working for for 10 years and where I've really grown into the person and the man and the coach that I am today. And that was extremely appealing to me. And to hear John talk about people and how important that is was the driving force of, of, of why we want to be here. And it is a leap of faith, and but this is a special city, and this is a great football city, man, and we got the best fans in the world, and I understand where, where this organization wants to go, and I feel like we're aligned on how we want to get there. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I like the way he's talking about, he you know, he's a fortunate guy that he worked for one of the best organizations in the NFL for a decade, and now he's coming to another one that is, you know, has been really since Paul Allen bought this team in 1997, has been one of the model franchise in the NFL. And that, you know, talking about the people and, you know, John Schneier used the word culture a lot, like all that stuff matters. You know, it's not just the players on the field. It's not just the coaches calling the plays. It's kind of how the whole, everyone works together from the top down, you know, from ownership and leadership and all. And, you know, it, it affects everyone. So I think Mike McDonald understands that. He sees that he's leaving a really special place, but also coming to one. And because he has that understanding, he and John should have, I don't want to say an easy time building that relationship, but John's stories about how many times he's traded text messages with Baltimore at different times going, man, why'd you take that guy? That guy was on our board. There's a similar line of thinking there. The Mm -hmm. the Seahawks way and the Ravens way, it's similar in how they approach um, talent and evaluate talent just based on that relationship over the years. So I think I think that that makes it a little bit easier when you start to have conversations because guess what? Those conversations start like next week. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're already talking there. We, you know, there's staff at the Senior Bowl right now evaluating talent and they're going to dive right. I would think, you know, as soon as Mike McDonald's back and settled in here, there's going to be, you know, diving immediately into draft prep on top of all the, you know, coaching staff he has to build. So this is going to be a pretty, pretty wild and busy time for Mike. You know, the word that I loved that came from John Schneider today most. What's that? Disruptor. Yeah. In all of anything that you have scouted, right, whether you're talking about a player, a coach, a CEO, an innovator, like, and, and I don't care who it is that you're looking at, Disruptor is really intriguing. It is. Unless it's, I have to, like, go in a ring with you and fight. Like, I, that, I don't want you to be disruptive no, in that but, part. But... Or in my kitchen. Please don't be disruptive in my kitchen. That's going to cause a lot of problems. But it's really intriguing to think about. And I will tell you this. In just listening to Mike McDonald right now, I don't know that you hear that. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely evident when you watch him on the field or when he starts detailing things. But I'm really curious about that. I mean, well, it it showed up on the field all the time this season, including, unfortunately, for the Seahawks when they went to Baltimore. And you know, suffered one of their worst losses in, you know, over a decade. And one thing, John Schneider referenced that game a couple times, and it was interesting he pointed out players were saying after that game, like, what was that? Like, it it was not like, oh, we just got beat. I mean, they, they got beat in a lot of ways, unfortunately, in that game. But it was also like they just were caught off guard by the things Baltimore was doing defensively, and that was something that really was unfortunate for the Seahawks at the time, but that stuck with John Schneider of like, 
who's this guy doing that? And players, you know, don't always players aren't always curious about who the other defensive coordinator is on the other side of the ball, but in this case they were because the job Mike McDonald was doing over there. Yeah, you and I remember those conversations in the locker room that day. Yeah. It was not fun. That was yeah. not a fun flight home. You could tell. It was stunned silence, and then it was the curiosity of what the heck happened. Like, yeah. how did we not see that coming? I do wonder if Mike has apologized to John for that game. Do you Probably think he's not. apologized? I mean, do you think he needs to issue John Schneider said at his press conference he was happy that the guy lost That's the AFC true. Championship game. So They're I don't even. think he needs to apologize to John. They're, they are even. Uh, we can only talk about Mike McDonald so much because, well, we just met him yeah. today. I think we should bring in somebody who has worked with him much longer who can give us a better perspective on what Mike McDonald is as a coach, what he brings to the table. We're going to welcome into the podcast Cassie Cherigo from the Baltimore Ravens. Cassie, this is, I think, a first for this podcast. So grateful that you are willing to hop on and share some insights with us. Absolutely. Happy to be here. So I think for folks in Seattle, it felt like this process was long and drawn out, right? And then it happened so quickly. What was the level of surprise could you gauge among folks in the building and folks in Baltimore when this was announced? Yeah, totally. I think kind of mid-season, we started to hear some rumblings that, you know, Mike would be in a position to get head coaching opportunities when our season ended. I know for Ravens fans, uh, the Ravens season ended a little sooner than expected. I think there was a lot of hope that this team would still be playing at this time. So it's a little bittersweet here, you know, especially to lose Mike right now. I think we thought that process would be happening a few weeks from now. Um, but I think that Mike has been someone who's really grown up in this organization. It was kind of the writing's been on the wall for a while. He's been someone that John Harbaugh identified as an upcoming talent or really a few years ago. You know, we saw him go and work with Jim at Michigan, as you guys know, and then come back. Um, but he's just someone that we've always kind of had our eye on that. You just got this feeling that Mike was going to do something really big in this league. He's a great person. He's so talented um, that it seemed inevitable, even though it makes us sad to lose him because he is a great person to work with. Um, but yeah, I think we've all kind of known this day was coming. And unfortunately for the Ravens fans, it was a little sooner than later. Um, but he's been such a, a key part of this historic defense that the Ravens have had, especially this past season. Um, and our players have sung his praises throughout the year that we did know this day would come for sure. Yeah, Cassie, you mentioned this was almost inevitable, and yet he's only 36 years old, now the youngest head coach oh. in the league. So from the time you've been around him, what about him as a coach makes him ready for this opportunity at such a young age? Yeah, I think that in Baltimore, this coaching staff really prides themselves on being players' coaches. And I think even just on social media over the last 24 hours since this news has been announced, you've seen all his defensive stars really react so positively to this opportunity for him. I think a lot of them are definitely sad to lose him, but it speaks to who Mike is, how excited people are for him to get this opportunity. He's just someone who, you know, he came in at the lowest level of this coaching staff and really worked his way up because of his talent, because of his character. So he's someone that you can't help but root for. And a lot of us know Steph really well, too. She was a Baltimore Ravens cheerleader. So we knew her before she was Steph McDonald. Um, so she's really special here as well. And so it's been really neat to kind of get to see them get married, you know, begin their own journey here together. Um, and we'll definitely be cheering them on. But I think that the players really resonate with Mike because he's no frills. Like what you see is what you get with Mike. And he's so talented in being able to use their unique skill sets, 
you know, he threw a lot at safety Kyle Hamilton this year. And Kyle's a really cerebral guy, very smart and really resonated with Mike in that way. And just talked about, you know, putting his players in positions for them to be successful, using their unique self skill sets in different ways across his defense. And I think that's something that really resonated with his players. And he's not a guy that's ever going to throw players under the bus. And I think players really respect that. That's something that Don Harbaugh is really big on too. Like they're always going to be the ones handling the tough questions, speaking for their players. And that's something that really resonates with our guys for sure. When he left to go to Michigan, he was saying he wanted a chance to be a defensive coordinator. He got a chance to work within the Harbaugh family and still in that system. What was different about him when he came back after that experience? (laughs) It's funny. I actually was looking back this week. I did the interview with him when he came back as our defensive coordinator, which is literally almost two years to the day, which is crazy. It feels like a blink of an eye. And, you know, I asked him about, the differences in coaching with John and Jim and kind of being able to step up into that role. And obviously he's very well versed in all of the Harbaugh family now, but I think one thing that he really took from Jim is just that because he, when he was here in Baltimore, initially, he wasn't in that coordinator level. He's not working directly with John day in and day out. Like he was the last two seasons here. When he came back from Michigan, he just talked about seeing the love that Jim had for his players at Michigan and not being afraid to share that with them just being really exuberant about how much he cared about them and how much he saw that resonate, you know, with Jim's players at Michigan. And I think that's something that he really brought back here, not being afraid to have those personal relationships. I think as a head coach, you know, sometimes, and John is really good at relating to players, but I think a lot of coaches around the league can kind of, you know, be a little too above that like player level. And I think that that's something that he's really brought is like really still resonating with all the guys across all the position groups. And I think that's something that he definitely took from his time with Jim, who will now also be tasked with facing in the NFL. So working, we're playing against two of his former um, bosses there. I'm sure it will be interesting for him. <clears throat> One thing that stood out to me in Mike's press conference today, talking about his defense and kind of the need to be flexible to adjust. And he just talked about, you know, Offenses are too good in the NFL. Just do one or two things and say, this is what we do. Just having watched them up close week over week, how impressive was the ability of that Ravens defense under Mike McDonald to be flexible, to adjust, depending on what the opponent's throwing at them? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I talked about Kyle Hamilton a little bit before. Mm -hmm. I think he was a weapon that Mike really enjoyed being able to move all across the field. We saw him do a variety of different things throughout this season. But I think that, Again, he's just really good at putting players in positions to be successful, kind of recognizing who has those unique skill sets and being able to use them in a variety of ways. You know, he's fortunate. The Ravens defense has a lot of weapons, you know, and who knows who will follow him elsewhere. But, you know, I think that's something that Mike's really good at is really breaking down his defense in a way that's A, teachable, and B, kind of being able to be flexible and multiple depending on the personnel. What was the reaction inside the locker room to those different packages right because on one hand boy that is impressive when you can change your game plan from week to week on the other hand that puts a lot of pressure on guys because it is detail oriented and I think it probably goes back to him being a player's coach but the either the excitement level or the thirst for a challenge what was the feeling among the defense in the locker room yeah, totally. That And that's something that Kyle talked about. It's certainly a challenge how much he was throwing at them. But I think Mike does a good job of recognizing like when too much is too much. And I think he's just a really good 
teacher of concepts that like he was able to break things down in a way for guys that made it more digestible week in and week out. And I think that's also something that he built over two seasons. You know, it wasn't something that he came in day one. He was familiar with our former defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale's system. So a lot of the pieces he was building off of Wink's, you know, system that he had established here over a number of years, you know, Mike came up in that defense as well. So it wasn't something that he was kind of starting from scratch square one. It was definitely a process over the last two years. Well, I am excited to see how this process plays out in Seattle. Cassie, I'm sorry for the loss for the Ravens (laughs) fans, but I think the 12s are super excited here in Seattle. We are so glad that you joined us. Thanks for the time. Thanks so much. And we wish Mike and Steph nothing but the best. I'm sure they'll be there for years and years to come. And we wish you guys all the success. John, knowing all of that, how does that help round out what we kind of have started to learn about Coach today? Yeah, you know, I think it just shows, I kind of brought this point before, but this is a guy that's going to just come in with a lot of ideas to work with the players and be flexible with them. He's coming in to a team that this is not a typical I took over a two and fifteen, three and fourteen team. Like there's real talent. I mean, there's six guys in Orlando right now at the Pro Bowl. There's guys he can work with, and I'm just I think we're all really fascinated to see what he's gonna do, particularly with this defense. And you know, he mentioned Devin Witherspoon by name as a player like this is a guy that we loved in the scouting process. They drafted in the twenties, they knew they weren't gonna get him, but this is a guy that like we saw his versatility a little bit already last year. This guy played outside, he played nickel, he's a great blitzer. I'm really eager to see what they're going to do with them yeah. with their spin in year two. Yeah. I know that Mike McDonald does not want to talk about blitz rates. I do. And I want to know <laughs> how much they're going to blitz Spoon. Because if you watch the way Baltimore uses those guys, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. I mean, their overall blitz rate was not very high this no, year. No, they're just really effective. They're just when they do it and they disguise Golly. it so well and you don't know who's coming. So, yeah. The, this... Yeah. The way that they can disguise third down, the way that they bring pressure from all over the field, mm-hmm. it, it was really, I mean, as long as you're not the... You don't want to be on the wrong end of it. It was really fun to to watch that one. Um, Biggest surprise of the day for me, somehow Mike McDonald stumped John Schneider with movie references. Yeah. That I have never met anybody who has done that. I you know, I'm I'm a little disappointed in our general manager to be well, honest. Well, there is we he's learned got after an assignment. this press conference. He's got an assignment. We learned he has not seen Zoolander. And yeah. for someone who loves comedies as much as John Schneider. And is a huge Will Ferrell fan. Right. Yeah. I, I'm was... a little disappointed in John. I think he made a fantastic <laughs> hire, incredible GM, good at all the important stuff, but that's a pretty big right. hole in his. You know, maybe comedy. on a flight to yeah. like the combine or something like that. He's going to have to now. Yeah. And the problem is, we're going to have to go back and watch it too, John, because he's going to be firing movie lines out there and we're going to have to know what they're from. Yeah. He does find a way to yeah. keep us on our toes. And that's, toes. you know, we, we learned today also that the new coach, Mike McDonald, likes his comedies. He leans a little more 90s Jim Carrey right. than, than... I'm totally yeah. into that. Yeah. Also, just drinks a normal Pike Place roast uh, for his coffee. Yeah, black coffee. This black is, kind of guy. These are the things that are really important when getting to know your head I mean, coach. when you hire a defensive coordinator as your head coach, you're not expecting him to come in and be like some big fancy drink order with... You know, all a frappuccino these. with whipped cream on top. Or going back to Zander, orange mocha frappuccino. <laughs> I'm sorry that I ruined the line for you, John. I'm sorry. 
I ruined the line. You know what I hope we have done today? I hope that we have given 12s just a little bit of insight on their new head coach. I'm really excited to see how this plays out. We're going to get a chance to... um, I guess, kind of see how we build the staff. First move should be coming pretty soon. I have a feeling we will be joining you again soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Seahawks Insiders Podcast.